Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, it is great to be back. This episode is the first of 15 making up season two called Living the Dream. In this season, I'll be chatting with some of the most successful barbecue entrepreneurs in Australia and a few special guests from around the world. We're going to be talking about the world of barbecue business, the different types of businesses you can get into and what it takes to be successful. In this episode, I was very fortunate to spend some time with the always entertaining Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue. If you know my podcast, you've almost definitely heard of Mikey's. His podcast is as wildly successful as it is entertaining and he has a cult-like following on Instagram. In this episode, we get into how he got into barbecue, then podcasting, and how he's used podcasting and social media to build up a business. To quote Mikey himself, let's get into this podcast. This is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Our modern society is in a revolution at the moment. After years of exploring how we can use technology to better process our foods, we're now heading back the other way, realizing that traditional farming produces better tasting and healthier food. At the forefront of this movement is Pure Meats Robina. Not only are they a low and slow specialist butcher, they pride themselves on stocking ethically sourced organic products to help you give your family the delicious, proper balanced diet they need. Their meats come direct from Aussie farmers and are broken from carcass on site. Not only that, but all their products are made on site. From healthy, ready-to-cook stir-fries for the time poor, to my favourite, the smoked crocodile cabana. And for you competitors out there, I can tell you that the quality of the competition meat is not only outstanding, but most importantly, it's consistently outstanding. So do yourself a favour and head to facebook.com slash puremeatsrobina to find out more. Mikey, welcome to The Confessional for the very first episode of Season 2, Living the Dream. Ooh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> Mate, I, uh, I realize that it's 7 o'clock in the morning where you are, and so I, I appreciate you uh, making the time uh, you know, before business hours and early in the morning straight out of bed to, uh, to talk to me and the rest of Australia. So, uh, yep, our hats are off to you, and we really appreciate what you're doing for us today. Guys, I, I appreciate it. I mean, um, I, it's it's amazing how far barbecues come. I, I never thought uh, when I first started uh, the podcast that I that I run. Um, I run a podcast called Man Me Barbecue uh, out of Chicago, Illinois. And when when I first started, I never really thought that a I would be talking to people from Australia. Uh, you know what I mean? You know, all all the way across the world, let alone half the guests that I've talked to on my on my show. It's just, I mean, it, it's mind blowing. So I'm, I'm very grateful. I, I think it's just amazing how how amazing this barbecue community really is, and just how far. Bar- I mean, what barbecue has done in the last couple years is just amazing. And then and then Australian barbecue. I mean, you guys are you guys are crushing it down there. It's just absolutely amazing yeah thanks man the scene has really come up in uh in the last uh basically four or five years it's sort of gone from nothing to being huge we just actually had uh two or three weeks ago the uh the port macquarie barbecue wars which was the biggest barbecue competition ever outside of the united states 
So that was really cool. I did. I did see that. I kept up with it on Instagram. Um, I think that's one of the the most amazing things about social media and what's going on in the world right now is you can, I, I mean, I can pay attention to stuff that's across the world and I, it doesn't cost me any more money than just, you know, paying attention to what's in my backyard, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, it's just incredible. It's certainly something that we didn't have uh, growing up. And I think uh, the, the millenniums, the millennials have uh, definitely got something over, uh, over us in that regard. Oh, absolutely. So the first thing I have to ask you, Mikey is what was the last thing that you barbecued? The last thing that I, that I, I barbecued probably, I, I made some smoked meatballs. We were, um, we were going on a trip. So, so I, I, I made a bunch of meatballs. I smoked them. I vacuum sealed them, brought them with us. It was fantastic. Um, I have some stuff that's going to be going on in this next week. Uh, we just bought a bunch of prime, uh, steaks and, uh, Wagyu grade T-bones, and we're going to be cooking those on uh, on Saturday, so that should that that'll be the next thing that I'll be cooking. Um, and then you know it, it it always who knows what what Sunday will bring. Sunday may bring uh, some some uh, you know ribs or um, I might do a full chicken. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, and don't don't get me wrong. I'm not only cooking on the weekends. That's not. That's not what I'm doing. Unfortunately, uh, my company, the company that I work for, decided that I, I should go fly to Ohio for a couple of days. So I'll be in Ohio away from my cooker and I can't I can't cook, which, which is like one of the hardest things in the world for me. Yeah, yeah. I'd uh, I'd imagine that if you did put the call out, there'd be some people over there in, in Ohio who'd uh, take you in and uh, have a cook up for you. I'm, I'm sure um, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to a couple of friends that are in the in the area and see what, see what we can't get done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you mentioned that you're going to be missing your cooker. Um, what's your favorite type of barbecue to cook on? Um, so right now in the backyard, I have a 22 inch Weber kettle. I have two big green eggs. I have an XL and I have a mini max. I also have a PK grill. Um, and the right now my main, I mean, my main go-to cooker is my, uh, Big Green Egg, the XL, uh, just I, I enjoy the ceramic cooker. It, uh, it, it, I like the flavor that I get out of it. Um, I enjoy enjoy using it, and uh, it, it it's all around a really good cooker for me. I, I do want to add a stick burner, and I'm also looking at adding a a, a real pit. I'm looking to get into more catering and kind of expanding the business on that end. It won't be under the same name. I'll be, I'll be, um, I'll be cooking under a different name for the catering. I want to keep the podcast and the cater um, two separate things, just for for business marketing and doing, you know, that that kind of thing. But um, I'm looking to get get a little bit bigger of a workhorse, if you know what I mean. The XL is fantastic, but when you're when you're trying to feed a lot more people, it, it kind of it lacks real estate. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you say a a real pit, what do you mean by a real pit? Do you mean like a like a trailer mounted smoker or something? Yeah, um, when I when I mean a real pit, I don't mean I don't mean uh it to condescend anything or anything like that. I'm just saying a real pit as in like it can actually be a workhorse and and go go to town and feed a lot of people. Um, 
when when you when I'm looking at catering, I'm, I'm not looking at doing caters for you know 20 people. I'm looking to do, I want to do you know 60, 70, 100, 150, um, 200, and then eventually get up to you know those 350 people catering jobs where where they're actually you know really you know bar, large set caterings, and um, I, I just I just need something that's a little bit bigger and. Uh, ceramic cookers are fantastic but they just they lack the real estate for that it's it it, it, unless you want to have a bunch of them unless you want to have a row of six of them or a row of four of them which i know like um lanes at uh you know lanes rub does uh he he caters and uh he he caters on all big green eggs and that's what he does and it's fantastic for him that, that you know he loves doing it that way but um I'm thinking going, going, you know, traditional stick burn, or not, not necessarily traditional stick burner. I'm actually looking at the, uh, Myron mix and H2O. So I think that's going to be the, uh, the pit that I choose to go with. It's, it's fully insulated, which is amazing. Um, it'll, it'll hold temperature and no matter what temp it is outside, which is very, very important to me being in Chicago, Illinois. Um, we get some brutal winters and I cook all year long. So, it's very important that my pit can hold, you know, 225, 250 in negative 10 degrees because I can't go, you know, I can't start a catering job and tell somebody, well, you know, it was really, really cold and the pit wasn't holding temp. So I need like four more hours. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's no bride in the world that's going to uh, accept that as an, uh, as an answer. Yeah. It just, it would just, you know, it would totally just destroy that client relationship and that, you know, that's not something I want to do. So it's very, it's very, very important to me to have a pit that can, you know, be very nicely insulated. It's why I've been, you know, I've been looking at different pits and I've been, you know, doing all my research and trying to figure out which one is going to do the best for me. Yeah. Insulated fireboxes are just starting to take off over here as well. And, uh, one of the reasons that they haven't um, sort of become as popular as they have in the States is I think because we have a lot uh, milder weather uh, than you have there. So the only real argument for us is um, it comes down to fuel economy in terms of how much wood it takes to keep the thing running. So uh, Yeah, that's a, big, that's a big part of it too is fuel economy and um, how, many, how many sticks you're throwing in there. You know what I mean? Like those, those sticks ain't free. And, uh, unless you, unless you got a buddy who, you know, has, has a bunch of wood and can hook you up with a bunch of, you know, tons of wood all the time, it, it, the fuel ain't free. And, um, when you start cooking at, at colder temperatures outside, it, it, it takes a lot more fuel to keep that pit going. It, it and you want to keep that consistent temperature. You don't want, you don't want your pit going up and then coming back down and then, you know, fluctuating in huge temperatures it really tightens up the meat. It doesn't, um, it doesn't give you a nice, even cook. Your, your finished product isn't as good. You're, you're usually super unhappy with the cook. I know if I have, um, if I struggle with the cook or something doesn't go wrong and something's going south and it's just not working the way that I want it to, it usually the, the finished product, it, it shows, it just doesn't, it doesn't have that, uh, you know, amazing barbecue feel and amazing barbecue flavor that I, I that I grow to love in my food, and uh, it's just one of those things where 
you know, you want to be happy with, with the product that you're putting out, especially if you're selling it to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, uh, that's the bottom line really, isn't it? So speaking of your food, what is your favorite thing to barbecue for yourself at home? Uh, right now it's beef ribs. It's, it's been beef ribs for a while. Good choice. Uh, <laughs> it, you know what? I, I love brisket and I love burnt ends and, but making, making a full brisket for myself and my wife, which is two of us, it's, it's so much meat. And don't get me wrong. People are like, well, you you know, you freeze it, you vacuum seal it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But there's only so much reheated brisket that I really want to eat before it goes bad. You know, just, you know, don't want to, don't want to eat it for every meal for the next week. Um, that's how you learn. That's how you learn to hate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or you get really creative at, uh, at, at using it in other recipes. Exactly. Or you get, or you get super duper creative with, with, you know, make putting brisket into stuff. And I, I, I think that's why I fall so, so hard on the beef ribs is because it, it's not as much food, but you still get that super beef flavor. And it, it's, it's a nice, it's a longer, it's not a super long cook, but it's a nice medium long cook. And, um, I'm enjoying that. Uh, I'm enjoying the pork belly burnt ends, which I don't know if, if it's hit over there yet. Oh, but yeah. a lot of people are doing, doing doing some pork belly burnt ends over here, and uh, those are those are coming out amazing. And you know, I, I love I love how my, how many people are pushing just the um, pushing the envelope of barbecue and uh, making sure that we're we're all keeping you know stepping up our game and people are trying new things and Instagram, you know, you, you see a photo of, of someone try something and then you're like, Oh, I want to go do that. I want to go try that. I want to go see if I can cook that way. I, w- I want to go see if, you know, my, if my flavor profile, my, the way that I, the way that I cook and the way that I spin things um, will work on that. Or can I elevate it in any way, shape or form? Um, and especially like when you're hanging out with your buddies or hanging out, you know, cooking for anybody else, a lot of those people don't 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 pay attention to Instagram, they, or they do pay attention to different things on Instagram, but they're not they're not looking at barbecue like like you know like most of us barbecue guys that just stare at it for hours, and you know we're looking at different cuts of meat and putting different on and doing different you know trying to elevate the game, and I just think I just think it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever tried uh, uh, beef rib burnt ends? I have not. This is something that I like to do at um, at, at uh, competitions um, because I, for me, I find beef ribs easier to cook than a brisket. And uh, what I'll do is I'll slice the beef rib um, when it's almost done. I'll slice it uh, off off the bone rather than between the bones, and then I trim up that uh, that rectangle of meat that I've got left and trip, uh, cube that up into uh, into burnt ends, and then do the extra rub and the sauce and all the rest as if it were brisket. You got me intrigued, mate. It comes out. It comes out absolutely divine. I am. I am now. I am now going to be um, placing that as something that I need to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I do is I'll I'll do uh, four racks of beef ribs, and I'll pick two of the uh, most uniform, and I'll slice them uh, off the back of the bone. And then slice them across ways as if it were brisket. So you end up with beef rib slices. 
and then yep. and then the other ones I do as burnt ends, and I put them in the box as if it looks so it looks like brisket. That that's very interesting. That is that is very very interesting, and I mean it, it's going to give you pretty close to that same flavor profile, except for, I mean the brisket comes off as such a working muscle. That I mean that that's why it's so hard to cook. It's so it, to keep to keep both those both those muscles tender. You you got two different two different things that you're 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 cooking it basically at the exact same time. You got that point. You got that flat. And I think that's why people struggle so much. And so many competition cooks in the U.S. are starting to separate the point and the flat because they're cooking faster. Um, and they're able to control things. But I, I kind of fall into the uh, hybrid of being kind of more of a barbecue purist in the sense where I, will, I want my brisket cooked whole. Um, I think that's part of the, the struggle and part of the, uh, part of the fun of, of making a good brisket. But doing that with the beef ribs, now that that sounds phenomenal just because it's not as long of a cook if you don't want to go hot and fast with your brisket, and it sounds like you're still going to get a really good product. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's, it's not as long, and it's, uh, it's I, I, for me, because I find brisket a little, bit, uh, a little bit tricky for me, I find beef ribs to be a lot more just set and forget, so it uh, frees me up to focus on other things at the comps. Yeah, absolutely. And now with you guys at the competitions over there, you guys you guys get a little bit more free range than uh, some of us U.S. guys. Um, I know that they allow you guys to cook a little bit, of a couple of different meats, and that that's pretty cool. Yeah, we do. We um, we had six different categories at at Port, um, five at at Burley, and uh, you know we'll include things like lamb or seafood. You know, you 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 might have one uh, competition where you have a pork category where you can submit uh, certain cuts and then a second category that must specifically be pork ribs so uh yeah we um we have a few different options like that which is quite uh, quite fun we get to be quite creative with it yeah that's phenomenal now um i've talked to a couple guys on my podcast uh from australia and there, there's a lot of great dudes down there that are making some amazing barbecue um, and I know that they told me that the, their big, one of their biggest like hardships is getting good pork ribs. Have, have the butchers kind of changed over the years in the sense that um, they're kind of now understanding what those guys are looking for and all that kind of fun stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a long road. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've basically had to spend uh, quite a lot of time, um, you know, finding butchers who are aware of the scene because if the butcher's not aware of the scene and you go in, you start asking them to cut things a certain way, they pretty much say, don't tell me how to do my job, there's the door. So once you do find a butcher who is a, who is aware of the scene and is open to new ideas, then you're set. You, you know, you, you build a relationship with them, you walk in, you show them videos, you say, hey, I want that done this, this and this. And uh, yeah, you can, uh, you, you can get some, uh, some quite good ones. But um, for me personally, I found even the best ribs that I've got, um, they're still not big enough to do your American three, two, one. We've still got to cut that back and modify that um, to suit each individual rack of ribs. But uh, the old the old days of uh, shiners or nothing are definitely over. Oh, which I mean, that's so amazing to hear because it's the last thing you really wanted. <laughs> I mean, when you get when you get the, those ribs out and you start looking at them and you're like, awesome. All it is is shine. Like I got this shiner here, I got that there. It it just it kind of almost like demotivates you 
you know what I mean? Like you're cooking, you're cooking this food and you're like, I want to make it look this way, but I can't because the, you know, first of all, the product isn't, you know, it, it's not holding up to what I really want it to be. And I, I think that's awesome that, that butchers embraced it. And I think, I think, I think that, I mean, they kind of had to, right. They either had to embrace it or not. I mean, people wouldn't go there. Well, yeah, it all comes down to, uh, to, to supply and demand, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's how I see it. There's a huge, you know, there's a big supply and there's a, you know, or there's a big demand. So it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta give you the supplies. Otherwise I either innovate or I, I, I don't stay open. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Now we we did mention uh, man meat barbecue before your your podcast. Um, I think I'd be hard pressed to find a listener um, of this episode who doesn't know of man meat barbecue. But just in case, could you give us a rundown on man meat barbecue? Um, you know, tell us about your podcast, the style of it, what it is you do, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I started a podcast called Man Meat Barbecue. Um, mainly because I was looking for more barbecue podcasts and um, there was really only, there, there was a couple that, that people started, but you know, they lacked luster and they didn't, they didn't start moving. So they kind of let it go. There were a couple where, um, you know, guys started them and all they started looking for was sponsors by the second or third episode. And they were like, Oh, I need a sponsor. I need sponsors. I need sponsors help me get sponsors. And I was like, dude, just talk barbecue. If you want sponsors, they'll come. You know what I mean? If you put out a good product, it's going to eventually, someone's going to start listening. Right. So I, and the one podcast that I did find, it's actually a show. And then he turns it into a podcast later. It has a lot of ads. It, it, um, it, it didn't hold my attention as well as I wanted it to. So I kind of started it to fill in, fill a void for me where I was like, I need a barbecue podcast. So I'm going to create one. And, uh, I was going to do a blog at the time, but I'm a bad writer. And (laughs) it just, it, the thought of sitting down and writing for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, just, I, I didn't have it. I did just, it it didn't, it didn't have in me. So I was like, I'm going to start a barbecue podcast. So I did that and I was originally going to start it with a buddy of mine and he kept pushing it back. He's like, okay, we'll start it next month. We'll start it next month. And then I was, I just got kind of fed up with it and sick of it. And I just started it on my own and started talking to people and started the Instagram, started posting photos of my food. Uh, I do a shout out every Friday for the hashtag man barbecue. And it just kind of started growing and it started, it started taking on a life of its own, which is fantastic. And I keep pushing the limits on it. Um, we are an explicit podcast. I'm very sorry if you can't listen to it with your children. Um, I get a lot of I get I get a lot of I get a lot of stuff for that. Um, and it, it's like the people will tell me they're like, well, what you know? Why can't it be cleaner? Because it's barbecue talk, and I don't care. Like it's not your podcast. Sorry. Like if you, if you choose to listen to it, listen to it in headphones. If you want to listen to it, I, I have some great guests and you know what, if, if your kids can't listen to that, listen to the words that I'm saying, I'm sorry. But, um, I, I feel like this new generation of parents and I, I just became a parent myself and there's no way in hell I'm going to be that way. Um, this new generation of parents are, they're so touchy 
it, you say anything to them and they're like, Oh my God, my kid. And it's like, dude, I get it. You, you want the best for your kid, but uh, eventually they they got to grow up and it's, it's real. It's the real world, you know? <laughs> so, um, the, the podcast is definitely, it, it's just, it, it's just grown into its own and I, I'm super proud of it. It, it's, it's one of those things where, um, it, it's a barbecue chat. So if you don't know what we're doing, it, it's basically sitting down and I'm chatting with people all over the world. I've had a lot of guests from Australia, New Zealand, um, the UK, uh, Germany. It, it's, it's, in, insane to me that I, I am able to talk to these people just that they're even willing to talk to me. Um, like right now, I can't believe that I'm talking to somebody from Australia that, that that's talking to me about barbecue. It's just, it, it's mind blowing me. It's fantastic. And I think it's like incredible that I'm able, and I'm blessed to be able to do this. And it's one of those things where the podcast has really, it's, it's really grown. It's been, it's been, I've been up and running for two years. Um, we're going to be hitting our 150th episode soon. It comes out every single Thursday on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can download it. You can download it directly from the website, wherever you want to get it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to accommodate that. And, you know, I, I say that nobody's too small to be on my podcast. And I, I firmly believe that um, I'll talk to the backyard barbecue guy all the way up to Myron Mixon. You know, we just had uh, Myron Mixon. Who the, I mean, he's, 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 the king of barbecue i don't know how else to say it he really he really really does in a phenomenal job at cooking and he's the most winningest man in barbecue he knows what he's doing he knows how to cook and um i think it's one of those things that i when i started i never thought i'd be sitting next to myron mixon and recording a podcast you know what i mean these are the guys that you there you see them on tv and you see them uh cooking and you're like wow it'd be cool to you know, do some kind of work with them. And, and you, you hope that you can get them one day, but you never, you never think that day is going to come. And apparently the day came and I, I'm still blown away by it. And it's just, it, it, it's just amazing to be able to start something that so to me, that was so small and it, it's just amazing. It, it's starting to grow and we're, I'm having a ton of fun with it and I'm going to keep going with it. You know, it, it, my show doesn't have very many sponsors. Um, and in fact, we don't, we, we, we really don't have any, uh, man, uh, man which is a, 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 a small sponsor of the show. They're, they're close. They're good friends of mine. So I throw them on there just so people can find out about them and, and, uh, and talk, talk about them. And I just think it's, you know, it's one of those things where people are like, well, you know, you'd have more sponsors if you didn't swear good, then I don't want any sponsors. Like, if you don't like me the way I am, then I don't need you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me as I am or don't take me at all. Yeah, pretty much. Now, speaking of manbecue, I caught an episode, um, must have been a while ago now, where you went into, you, you, you had them on the show and you went into quite a bit of detail about um, about how you know them, what they do and why you partnered up with them. Would you be able to give us a summary of that story? Because I just thought that was fascinating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so manbecue, if, if you guys don't know what manbecue is, um, it, it, it got started by a couple, it got started by, it got started by one guy at first and then he, he's brought on a couple more at, at this time, but basically it was just like a man, you know, guys night out and grilling. And 
they started just doing, you know, like really bad burgers. I mean, like frozen burger patties, like not nothing good. Uh, (laughs) And basically they, they started elevating it and more and more people started coming out to these events. It's the last Thursday of every single month. They pick a different person's backyard to, you know, to cook in. And it's just, it's just fantastic. It's just such a great community. You go out there, you, you share food and people, people have really, really taken it to heart in the sense that, you know, you start thinking, okay, last Thursday of the month coming up, what am I cooking for Manbecue? And you start to look at, okay, well, I don't want to do something basic. I want to elevate it. I want to make it better. What can I cook? You know, I mean, you got people putting, you know, just some crazy stuff together, making sure that, you know, they can cook it on a cooker and it, it, it it's fantastic. You got, you know, you got quesadillas going on there. You got, you got, um, people that are, that are, uh, cooking just some amazing, amazing stuff that yeah, sometimes it's mind blowing being like, Oh my God, this is being cooked on a, you know, it's being cooked on a Weber kettle. You, you would never think that, you know, this was going to be cooked on a Weber kettle or that, that, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like, Oh, well, what, what are you, what are you cooking? What are you cooking for man today? Okay. Well, I've been marinating, you know, skirt steak all day long and I'm going to be slicing it up and I'm going to be making tacos and I'm going to be doing this or I'm going to be doing that. It's, it's just, it's such an amazing group of people and it, it's just, it, it's camaraderie. You come out there, you bring, you bring beer and you bring, you know, you bring food and everyone shares everything, you know, different sandwiches that people are making. Um, it, it's just, it's so amazing. I I mean, like there, there's days, there's months where I'm like, okay, cool. What are we doing for Manicure that I'm, I'm prepping days in advance to make sure that I can, uh, pull off my meal really, really fast, you know? I did pull chicken quesadillas once, so I smoked the chicken earlier so that I'd be able to, you know, pull that chicken and, and send it out and and then, you know, made the quesadillas with, with you know, different types of cheeses all, all on the cooker. Um, you know, people, people are playing around with venison. People are uh, playing around with other wild game. Um, it's just, it, it, it's phenomenal. Just the the amount that people will bring out and are willing to share with other people. It, it, it really is. It, it's, it, it's a community and that's the only way I can say it. And it, it's a fantastic community. And it's one of those things where it, it's supposed to be a guy's night out and that's kind of how it started. So that's the name man, you know, came out, but it, it, they embrace everybody. It's, you know, it's no, it's not, Oh, well, women can't come. No, they can. They, they just, you know, they do a couple different co-ed events and believe me, the co-ed events are a lot better than just the guy events. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you come out to the guy events and like, we're, we're struggling. We are, we're struggling with like, we're like, Oh, you got one roll of paper towels and three plates. Fantastic. And then you, you come out to the, to the events that, you know, the ladies come out to and it's like, oh, we got tons of paper towels. We got plates. We got forks. We actually have tables. It looks really nice. Like, it, you know, they do it. They do. They do it right. <laughs> you got, like I said, you got us guys who are we, we're still struggling to all, all we thought about is what we're putting on the cooker. 
and it, we, that that's about as far as our uh, as our thoughts went. As long as there's meat in the cooker and beer in the cooler, that's about as far as we get. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's as far as we got. We're like. And you know what? The, the funny thing is it, it, it's even bad because there's times where, you know, us guys will forget a cooler. <laughs> so it's like, well, let's start drinking the it's, beer's cold now. Let's start drinking as fast as possible. <laughs> oh, I've been there before. It ended poorly for me. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, but it's, it, it's an amazing, they're an amazing group of people. They've also, they've put out two cookbooks, um, which, Honestly, the first the first one is it, it's a very ba- it's not basic, but it, it's a barbecue cookbook which which has some cool recipes. And then uh, the second one, which is one of my favorites, um, it's a it's a street food cookbook. So tons of different types of street foods, and all the recipes come from people that are in in demand queue and that are you know come to the events. And it, I think it's very very cool that they support the community that way, and that people are you know people are dying to get into that cookbook it's just it's such an amazing thing and they really do um they give they give back you know what i mean uh especially for somebody who you know may not have something to look forward to that month you know you always got man to look forward to and going to hang out with your friends and and going to, and i've made friends from it it's so weird you know you go there and you just hey you know I, you know, I, I'm Mikey with, you know, who are you? And it's like barbecue really does. It brings people together. That's all you can say is that it, it draws, it draws people in. And there's, I don't think there's a greater community out there than barbecue and people that cook because I mean, it, it, it's so amazing. There, there's guys that are, that are, you know, head chefs in restaurants that are, are cooking, you know, cooking all day, and then they come out to Manbecue and they're still cooking. You know what I mean? And they're, they're cooking barbecue for people and they're, you know, they're bringing, they're bringing out, you know, high end seafood. They're bringing out crazy stuff like that. And they're trying to elevate that game and just have a really good time with it. And, uh, I just, I just think it's so amazing that there's a community that somebody could start and, and people embrace that well. Yeah, I, I love it. That's what I uh, that's what I loved about that story was the idea that this uh, that this community sort of just spread and spread and grew and grew and it does so much good for uh, for all the people out there and it's so embracing. So, mate, what's in the future for Man Meat Barbecue? Um, the future, uh, I'm going to continue doing the podcast. Uh, we're going to try to expand the merch line, which is always always fun. Um, we uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing that envelope. Try to get more and more people on there. Try to kind of kind of see where barbecue goes. You know what I mean? Um, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I I don't really see barbecue stopping anytime soon. I I, I mean barbecue never never went away, and it never I, I can't can't say that barbecue just started. Uh, cause it, it's been something that's been going around, uh, you know, American barbecue has been going along for, for many, many years and it's definitely elevated the game. And I think now, now with Australia and England and, you know, countries in Europe picking up American barbecue and you guys are elevating it. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are pushing us to do more and pushing us to, um, uh, kind of look outside the box of those foreign basic meats. 
and really cook other stuff on the barbecue on the barbecue cooker. It's just um, I, I I see the you know the the uh, web the website of Manby Barbecue is going to be expanding. Um, we'll, we'll probably bring on one more one or two more bloggers. Um, Andy, who's one of my bloggers right now, uh, he's going to be doing some more stuff on on his blog. It's going to be growing more. He, he's still learning the barbecue, which is fantastic. And I think his journey, um, I think it's great that he, he's willing to share that with people on my website, you know, uh, on, on this journey together. And then I'm, I'm looking into the catering and catering is going to, you know, bring it into a more, you know, a more real aspect of the day it, is that we're going to be, you know, I'll, I'll be doing more barbecue. I'll be cooking even more. And, um, I'll be, you know, I'll be doing it more of a, more of a career, more of a job in the, in that sense. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm not, not leaving, leaving my job currently at, at all, but I mean, I'm going to bring barbecue more into my life, which is, uh, I already live and breathe it and talk it all day long, but, um, being able to cater and being able to cater for more people, I think it's going to be able to spread that. And, um, honestly, I'm, I'm just kind of along for the ride <laughs> and just, and just see kind of where it takes us. So, um, we're looking at a couple future plans We're we're going to be teaming up with some other people. Also, um, I want to expand it. I want to, I want to, I want to start talking to more wood fire cookers. Um, because I think that's very important, not, not just on the barbecue end, but people that are, that are cooking and, and using, using barbecue flavors, but they may not be using it in a traditional way. And, um, I think that's super important for most people, uh, it, it, just to expand out of that box and, and bring barbecue to, you know, to their, to their fans and their, to their, uh, to their crowd that might not be exposed to it. This is Jay, I'm one of the co-founders of the Australasian Barbecue Alliance and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Support for this episode comes from Harvey's Kitchen. Harnessing over 25 years experience in commercial kitchens and catering, Harvey's has a burning passion for food and they make amazing barbecue flavour easy to achieve for all levels of barbecue. Their entire product range is handcrafted locally in Brisbane from quality ingredients and they've gone out of their way to make their products easy to use with simple features like resealable bags. I've played around with their butcher's box and have found their preservative, gluten and dairy-free rubs and sauces to be top-notch stuff. The butcher's box has nine rubs and six sauces in it. I love the ginger citrus salt on chicken wings and the hop and habanero hot sauce on everything. Right now, Harvey's is offering Smoking Hot Confessions listeners an exclusive 20% discount. Yes, 20%. All you need to do is head on over to harveyskitchen.com.au and use the code word CONFESSIONS to get your hands on some today. Once again, head over to harveyskitchen.com.au and use the code word CONFESSIONS at checkout for 20% off your order. Okay, Mikey, in this Live in the Dream season, we're focusing on barbecue as a business and discussing uh, what people do and how they do it to hopefully inspire the listeners to live their dreams too. So with that in mind, when I told my mum I was going to start a podcast, the very first thing she asked me was, how do you make money podcasting, son? So I'm going to pass that question on to you. How do you make money podcasting, son? Um, well, I got a face for a podcast. 
You know, <laughs> baseboard is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, different, uh, you can definitely make money off of sponsors, off of endorsements. Um, I personally currently don't, um, I don't, I don't take any sponsors on. Um, I've been approached by a couple different people, but they want me to change certain things about my format and I refuse to. So, um, the, the way you're going to make money is I, I make money off my merchandise. You know what I mean? Like I put, I, you got, you got to spend some money to make some money. You know what I mean? And I, I definitely put stock into my merchandise. I want people to wear my brand. I want people to be out there and, it was, I mean, that's not the easy, easy, easiest way to do it because it costs money. Um, I don't, I don't use a print shop in the sense that like, I actually, I, I hold stock of, of my, of my stuff. It's not, uh, like it's not one of those print things where it's like print to order or anything like that. My, you know, I pay up, pay up front for my merchandise and then I, and then I retail it and resell it. Um, I also teach barbecue classes, which is another way that I bring, bring money into it. And the podcast is what gives me the credibility to be able to tell somebody that I know what the hell I'm doing and you should come and talk to me or you should come and watch me cook so that I can teach you about barbecue and what you're doing wrong and, or not doing wrong or what you, what we can do you know, elevate your barbecue game. And I don't say, you know, what you're doing wrong in a sense, because I don't think there's really any bad barbecue. There's interesting barbecue, but it's never bad. (laughs) And, um, as long as the people that you're feeding think that that barbecue tastes fantastic and you're doing, you know, then you're really, you're really hitting it up. You're hitting the nail on the head and you're doing a good job. Uh, if you think the barbecue, you're, creating is bad and it doesn't taste good well then yeah then it's bad barbecue but in in less in if you if you're happy with the product that's coming out um then you're 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 a good barbecue cook and i think that's one of the the most mistaken questions that i always get is how do i get better barbecue well do you like what you're cooking yeah it tastes good but i want it to be better okay well then you just need to start you know elevating the game but if you're trying to, if you're looking to get into podcasting and doing all that stuff, honestly, it, it's work. So either do it right or don't do it at all. Go big or go home, as they say. Mate, I've I've seen your uh, your your merch line, and that it, it it looks just fantastic. Did you design that yourself? Um, so I worked closely, very closely with a friend of mine who's a designer, and I I kind of laid it out completely with him, and I and then he created the files. Um, you know for for the print shop to create but everything's my idea everything gets sketched out in a notebook um and believe me you don't want to see those sketches they're not any good um i don't know how he does it <laughs> you know he, he takes my ideas and sometimes br- somehow brings them to life and i'm very fortunate for that um i i kind of i i look at stuff and I, I i can be very creative it's just sometimes putting that pen to paper for me i i can't draw very well um, I draw kind of like a third grader, um, and it, it, it's, and I mean, not a good drawing third grader. I mean, like you're, you're lower than average drawing third grader would be my, would be my, uh, drawing capability, but, <laughs> um, but I, I know, I, I know how to explain what I want with him. And, and sometimes it takes one or two drafts, but we, we get to where we want to be. 
Yeah, that sounds great. Now, a lot of Aussie barbecue teams are getting into merch at the moment. At the last um, comp I went to, uh, I think at least two thirds of the teams had something for sale. So what advice would you have for people looking to get into merch? Um, find a reliable print shop. Make sure the people that you're working with are um, are reliable. They understand your vision. They understand what you're doing. I think that's very, very important. Um, right now, I'm struggling a little bit with the, the merch shop that I, that I'm, I'm using right now, they're just not, they're not as reliable as I would like them to be. I went with them because they're super local and I'm able to walk into the place. And, um, I think that's one of those things where, uh, you got to make sure that they're, they're on your wavelength and they know what you're trying to do and they want to help you. And if, if it's not beneficial to both of you, then it's not, the relationship's not going to be there. So make sure you have a great relationship with that person and they know exactly what what you know what your end goal is. Mm, yeah, solid advice there. So, communication and uh, and and don't be cheap. I like that. Yep. So, c- circling back to podcasting now, what is a day in the life like for Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue? Uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's every day is different. <laughs> so, um. We obviously we we pre-record the podcasts. Um, they don't they're they're not they're not a live feed. We just uh, we're not set up to do it that way. And I uh, sometimes my work schedule just doesn't allow it. And I think that's one of the most important things is understanding that once you once you gain an audience, uh, you have to give them what they want when they when they expect to want it in the sense that my podcast comes out every single Thursday and consistency is so important to me. I I want a new episode to come out every single Thursday. I never want, I never want somebody to miss a Thursday, but, um, you know what I mean? Like I I never, I just never want that to happen, you know, where I'm like, Oh, uh, I missed a Thursday and, uh, you know, it, it, now, now, now that person's off, and they they thought that, um, you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh well, I missed. You uh, didn't put it out this Thursday. Was he going to put it out next Thursday, or is the podcast over? You know what I mean? I never want that to happen. I want it to always be like uh, new podcast every Thursday. Here you go. It hits your phone, and you, you're a happy human. Yep, regularity is is definitely a key. Now, speaking of being a weekly show, mate, how do you find new people to talk to every week and uh, and and keep the podcast fresh? Um, you know what I use, I use a lot. Um, I use Instagram a lot, and um, I'm always looking at different photos, trying out different hashtags, talking to different people. I'll ask, um, you know, I'll ask listeners who they want to see, who they want me to talk to, and they'll. The, they're pretty, uh, pretty open on who they, who they want to see on the podcast. And, um, and you know, uh, it's just, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, they, the listeners tell me who they want to see. And I, I try to go out and get after those people. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, um, you know what I mean? Like I, I get the, I get some of those people that are like, uh, 
I really want to see this person. Okay, fantastic. And we work on getting that person. Either they won't get back to me or, you know, emails don't get back. And we keep working, you know, working at it, working at it, working at it. And usually, eventually, I'm able to get somebody that they want on the podcast. But a lot of it has to do with just going out there and doing doing that footwork and finding people that are posting really good photos on on Instagram and people that are, are, are really, really doing a good job. Now you've you've mentioned uh, Instagram a couple of times throughout the uh, throughout the interview. Now, how how important has Instagram been for your business? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's extremely important. <laughs> you know, um, it is it is uh, just extremely extremely important uh, to the to the fact that um, it, it's where I do almost all of my all my advertising goes through Instagram. All my, you know, my biggest uh, fan base is on Instagram. So it's very important to me. Obviously we still do Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, it, it's very, it, it, Instagram is just, it, it's really where it's at. I think, I think Instagram really lends itself to barbecue in the sense that it, it it's photographs of food. You know what I mean? And people, people eat with their eyes first, no matter what you say, people will always eat with their eyes because they see the food before they're going to decide either what they're going to eat or, you know, what, what they want to have or what, you know, they go, you go to a restaurant and how many times have you walked by somebody else's plate? You know what? You're like, you know what? I want to have that because it looks delicious. So it's, it's definitely, I think Instagram lends itself so well to, to food. And I think that's why there's such a huge community on there that, that is, you know, choking food. Yeah. So what would be, um, some tips you have for people looking to boost their presence on Instagram? Um, tips, uh, you got, you got to do the work. You know what I mean? You got to go out there. You got to, you got to start interacting with people, liking photos, commenting on stuff. Um, searching through new, new hashtags that maybe you're not using, finding people with different food, uh, or finding people with different, you know, stuff and having a good time and, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's super important, um, that you interact with people. You gotta, you gotta give them, you gotta give somebody something back and you can't just take, take, take. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of companies out there that'll tell you, uh, go follow a bunch of people. And then as soon as they start following you, unfollow them. Don't do that. That's stupid. Um, it, it, I, I think it, it's one of those things where you can, you can tell those accounts that are follow accounts, you know what I mean? Cause they're, they're following always like 4,000 people and they're getting followed by 4,000 people. And it kind of sits stagnant. Don't, don't, don't be one of those accounts. If you want to follow a bunch of people, go follow a bunch of people. It's fine. Um, but if, if you don't want, I mean, I follow a select few of people that I really respect and that I enjoy looking at their photographs and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the rest of it is just, it, it really is people that want to see my food and want to, want to be a part of this community that I'm slowly building. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what I mean? If you, if you want the Instagram following, you got to go do the work. You gotta, you can't be afraid of putting good, you know, putting stuff out there and really, really escalating and trying to take better photographs and learning, learning about, learning about photography. Photography is one of my things that I, I actually, I did, um, you know, growing up and being younger, I, I, I enjoyed taking photographs and understanding light. 
you know, people are like, how do you take better pictures? Well, you got to understand light. That's all it is. You know, photographs are the way that thing light hits things and then you capture it. And if you don't understand that, then you're never going to take a good photograph. And then it, it does, it, yes, obviously plating and framing all, all do come into it. But if you don't understand how to light something, it's always going to be flat. It's never going to look good. So, um, knowing the angles, knowing, knowing that does certainly help, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you got to make sure that you, you kind of have to put everything into play. And I don't, I don't think many people think about that of how much, how much goes into it. Yeah, for sure. Understanding light is definitely a massive part of it. So, uh, those are some solid tips there, mate. Thank you very much for that. Um, throughout your time in barbecue, what's been your biggest success and, and how did you get there? Um, my biggest success, I, I think just being able to spread the word of barbecue is my biggest success, honestly. Um, the, the mere fact that people actually, you know, that con- they come out, they listen to the show, um, it's kind of weird and very humbling in the sense of, uh, you know, you're somewhere and somebody hits you up and they're like, Oh my God, you're, I I know who you are. And it's like, Oh, okay. And, and I don't, it's weird because I don't know how to react to that. Um, it, 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 you know what I mean? Like people that are like, it's just crazy to me. Like it's very humbling. It's very amazing but it, it, it's one of those things where it's just super weird. Um, when, you know, I, w- I was, you know, we did an egg fest in Chicago and I had a guy that was like, you're Mikey, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I recognize you by your voice. <laughs> like, I, listen, I, I listen to Mammy barbecue and I'm like, that's awesome. I don't know what else to say because now I'm just like, it, it's almost like, you know, you know, when you're like, oh, my God, I see a star and you get starstruck and you're like, oh, my God, this person's famous. And it's like, I'm the opposite to you because you're 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 talking to me as if I'm famous and I'm like starstruck that you know who the hell I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the enormity of the of the gratitude that uh, that people listen to your podcast episodes, it certainly does hit you pretty hard sometimes, doesn't it? Right. It's, it's just crazy because it's like. People are like, oh my God, I know who you are. And that's so amazing that I get to meet you. And it's like, I don't know what to say to you because I, I, I think it's phenomenal that you listen to my podcast, but I can't believe you recognized me because I didn't. And so like, I always, I always make the joke. I'm like, okay, so there are people out there that are listening. Fantastic. You know? And I don't know if they, they look at it that I'm like trying to be sarcastic, but it's not in a bad way. It's just in the way of like, I'm just shocked at how many people are listening to the podcast and how many people's ears I'm really reaching. And just, just how, like how amazing that community is. It's just, it's, it's amazing to me. And, um, I, I'm, I feel fully blessed about it. And I, I'm very happy that, you know, the podcast is growing the way that it's growing. And we, we really are get we're, we're, we're getting bigger and we're getting, and it's just, it, it's awesome to me and getting recognized and people, you know, talking to me and being able to talk to other people. It's just, it's awesome. It, it's super cool, you know? And I, I never thought that it, it would be something like that. 
you're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. Big thanks go out to Jagged Woodfired for helping me bring you this episode. Buying a smoker can be confusing. Something for low and slow, something for roasting, a pizza oven, what about baking? The Jagged Woodfired smoker does all of these things. The question is how? First, the entire smoker is fully insulated. The firebox is insulated with kiln grade bricks and there are more on the cooking chamber floor, doubling as a pizza stone. The cooking chamber is then insulated with a six centimeter or two and a half inch insulation blanket. This means that the Jagged can get up to 600 degrees Fahrenheit in under 30 minutes, sit at low and slow temperatures using very little fuel and will even sit well under 200 Fahrenheit for cold smoking. Jagged wants to make sure you have a very happy new year and so until the end of December 2017, they're offering an exclusive discount for you Smoking Hot Confessions podcast listeners. Use the code word CONFESSIONS at checkout if buying online or quote it when dealing with them direct for 15% off your purchase price. Head on over to jaggedoutdoorovens.com, spelled J-A-G-R-D, to learn more. Alrighty, Mikey, it's segment three now, which is uh, listener question time. And so we've got a whole bunch of uh, of Aussie fans, Aussie listeners that have uh, lined up and left questions for you to answer. And I'm going to play them for you now and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we can work out for them. What do you think? Sounds fantastic. Alrighty, here comes the first one. Hi, Ben. Uh, I've got a question for Mikey. Um, Mikey, love your podcast. Um, I've been a long-time listener. Mate, uh, my question is, um, from your experience being a, a host, a podcast host, who has influenced you uh, in barbecue the most? Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for being a listener of NAMI Barbecue. Um, I'm very grateful for that. Um, person who has influenced me the most in barbecue uh i I would i would have to i have to answer this two different ways um i i will say that a lot of the barbecue cooks you know that you see um you know got you got moke san you got um myron mixon uh you know, Diva Q, all those people have influenced me in different ways in the sense that I've, I've been watching them and I've been, I've been learning from them and doing that kind of crazy stuff. And then on the opposite end of that, somebody else that's uh, influenced me a lot in barbecue is one of my good friends, Paul. Um, he's the big blue egg on Instagram. If you want to find him out, um, he, he is, uh, he's a good friend of mine. We cook a lot together and he definitely, uh, I feel like whenever I'm cooking for him, I got, I got to cook something different. I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, elevate the game. So for, for me, it's, uh, which he probably doesn't know that. And if he listens to this podcast now, he will. But, um, I always feel like I got to cook something to, to kind of almost impress him and make, make him be like, mm, that was really good. And I think that that kind of helps push me into, into cooking, cooking new and better things. Big blue egg. Hey, I'm gonna have to go look that up. Uh, Pretty much as soon as we're done, I think that sounds uh, very interesting. Yeah, he's a fantastic human. Yeah, yeah. All righty, next question. G'day, Mikey. Nigel calling from the Gold Coast. Who has been your biggest interview and why? And follow-up question, how much can you learn from others or is barbecue something you need to learn from experience? Hey, Nigel, how are you? Um, you know what? 
it, it barbecue is something you can learn from others. Absolutely. You can shorten that learning curve. Um, do I think you need to get out there and do it on your own? Absolutely. I think, I think you're never going to, you're never going to become, you're never going to master a craft that you don't do. So, um, can you learn and take tips and, and tricks from others? Yeah. I think that's, that's how you learn your style of barbecue. Um, nobody's an original. Everyone's a copy of a copy of a copy, but they, they spin it in their own ways. Basically the way that I, the way that I look at it is everyone who's touched me in my barbecue career has, I, I've taken a little bit from them and elevated my game. So in a way I'm a copy of all of those people just doing it in my, like when I put all of them together, that becomes me. And, um, I feel like that's how we grow as barbecuers. And I mean, I'm going to go back to the biggest person that I've had on my barbecue podcast, which is, you know, the king of barbecue, Myron Mixon. Um, it was still, it's still mind blowing to me that I was able to, uh, sit down with him for an hour of his time. And he's a busy man. And, and he gave me an hour of his time to chat barbecue. And I think that, that that's just phenomenal. I actually did, uh, did catch that episode, mate. How did you manage to just not fanboy all over him? It was, it was very difficult. Uh, very, very difficult. And, and, uh, it it was, it it was one of those things where I was like, uh, okay, so I need to make this a good interview. I need to make this a good interview. I need to make this a good interview. I need to not be a fanboy. I need, you know what I mean? It it just, yeah, very difficult. (laughs) Hi, Ben. It's Anthony from the Gold Coast. For uh, Mikey, uh, man with meats, um, I'm very interested to, to hear about how you actually got into uh, barbecue podcasting um, and how many competitions would you either enter yourself? I'm not too sure if you're a, you actually enter comps yourself, but uh, how many would you uh, attend each year? Thank you. Uh, what's up, Anthony? How are you, buddy? Um, so I actually don't do, uh, barbecue competitions myself. I do cooking. Um, I do, I do, I do a little bit of catering and stuff like that. So that, that's actually the realm of barbecue that I'm into currently. What I'm cooking on are ceramic, uh, big green egg barbecue cookers. And those are not the easiest things in the world to move around. So (laughs) doing, um, doing a barbecue competition, it, it's not the easiest. Um, I do big green egg fest where I do go out and cook for the masses. I, uh, I do about two or three of those a year. Um, and the reason being is there's no, there's no real prize money at those. There's no, um, and, and it's not all about going out there and making prize money, but, um, going out and cooking for 150, going out and cooking for 300 people out of your own pocket, it, it gets a little bit expensive. So, um, I do about two or three of those a year, uh, and then traveling obviously to them and staying at hotels and doing all that kind of stuff takes a little bit of time, but, um, it it is one of those things where, uh, I just, I I don't do too much competition barbecue. I have friends that do competition barbecue and they absolutely love it. And, uh, I'm thinking, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't let that, let that part of the barbecue bug bite me yet. Um, and I am, I am a very, very competitive person, which is uh, what scares me a little bit uh, on getting into competition barbecue. Cause I'm sure it'll just, 
eat my whole life up. But um, right now, you know, my my end of barbecue is 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 doing the barbecue podcast and then uh, just catering and uh, cooking food for people. Excellent, Mikey. My name's Brett. I'm on the Flaming Mongrels barbecue team here in Australia. And, uh, mate, being an American, I'm guessing lamb is not as common as it is in Australia. With all your interviewees and all your travels, uh, you must have come across some next-level lamb at some stage. Can you tell me what flavours do you think work best with lamb? Man, love to hear your response. Thanks a bunch. Hey Brett, how are you? Um, lamb is not that easy to get around here. That is, you are you are completely correct. Um, lamb is 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 a very very difficult protein to come across. It's just it's not as common in the uh, not as many people eat it. So you know, not as many butcher shops will stock it. It, it it's more of a specialty item. Now the flavor profile that I actually like for my lamb is I I go very traditional almost to brisket in the sense that I go heavy salt and pepper on it. And then I actually add coffee to it. Um, and I, I enjoy, uh, I know you guys have lanes, lanes, barbecue rubs down there. Uh, he has an ancho espresso rub and that that's one of my favorite to put on lamb. Uh, the reason being is I think that coffee actually, uh, works really, really well with the, the richness of the lamb. And uh, I usually get a, a very good product out of it, and people enjoy it when I do cook lamb. I have a couple couple stores up here in Chicago that feed me some good lamb in the sense that uh, I can get good lamb shoulders now, and I can get good racks of lamb, and it it, it comes out pretty. It, they come out pretty fantastic. Ah, that's a good tip. I've got a couple of bottles of ancho in the uh, cupboard, and there's always loads of lamb here in Australia. I'm gonna have to give that a crack this weekend. I reckon. Yeah, it, 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 it works out really, really well just because that coffee gives it that, you know, lamb is such a, it's such a hard, harsh, harsh, not harsh flavor, but it, it, it's very dominant. You know what I mean? It, it has its own, has its own flavor profile. So if you can add something that'll enhance it, it it's very important. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever tried goat? Uh, I have not tried, not on a smoker. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I grew up on a goat farm, and we always found that uh, whenever we butchered our own animals, goat tasted very similar to lamb, but it didn't leave that that sort of that fatty aftertaste in your mouth. So it was actually uh, it, it, it was actually quite a quite a nicer meat to eat. I may have to try that if you if you get a chance to uh, to buy some goat and give it a try, for sure get in there. Yeah. Hi, Mike. It's Dion from Gloucester, Mid-North Coast, New South Wales. My question is, what is the best answer or question you have either been given or asked? Thank you. Uh, what's up, Dion? How are you? Um, you know what? Best question I've ever been asked. Uh, man, that's a, that, that's a difficult one. I, I think this one's the best question I've ever been asked. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I would say the best question I've, I've probably ever been asked is, you know, um, what are the differences in, you know, in, in every single smoke? I had one, you know, I was doing a class and a guy asked me, he's like, well, can you break down every single smoking wood? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> There's just way too many of them. Uh, you know, but that, that was probably the most difficult question I've ever been asked in barbecue was to break down every single smoking wood. And one of the, the, the best questions that I, I love to ask people is, 
what are you cooking on and why? I think that's just um, such an it's such an amazing question. It, it gets to know that person so so well. You ask them what they're cooking on, and it, and they just you know they'll they'll start to tell you about every single cooker in their backyard and why they love that cooker, what they use it for, what it's the best cooker for. That it, it puts out the best chicken, it puts out the best pork ribs. You know they love it for this and this reason, and I just think that's absolutely phenomenal to be able to spread spread something with you know spread the love with somebody like that. Very nice. Hey, this is Peyton Minzemeyer from Oklahoma City area in the USA. Uh, hey, Mikey, I've been listening to your podcast. I'm curious as to why are you so against pellet grills? Uh, Pete, what's up, buddy? Um, I, I'm against pellet cookers for a couple of reasons. I, I, there's so many pellet cookers that call themselves pit masters, and they've never cooked on anything else. And I, I can't call you a pit master if all you've cooked on is a pellet cooker because it's an outdoor crock pot. Um, you set it and forget it. You walk away from it. You, you manage it from your phone or you, you turn a knob and it, it's just, to me, it's, it's not, it's not true barbecue um, in the sense of managing a fire and making sure that everything goes, goes as planned. Now um, people will say, well, you know, that's kind of the same as a gravity fed or something like that. Well, gravity feds give me a little bit more smoke. And I, I'm a little bit, you're still, you're still burning real wood. You're not burning something that's been, that looks like hamster food. And I, it's just, I, I don't like them. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think the product's that good that comes off of them. I really don't. Um, I, I, you know, people are like, oh, well, it's still barbecue. It still tastes good. Yeah, absolutely. If, if that's what you want to do. But to me, there's, to me, there's something about, controlling my fire, uh, whether it's on a Kamado style where I'm controlling it with oxygen or on a stick burner where I'm controlling it with the type of sticks that I'm throwing in size versus, you know, you know, an airflow and control like that. It, it to me, there, there's just something about knowing that and understanding what you're doing and why it's so important that you haven't even cooked at 225. And it, you know that needle doesn't move. That's just very important to me. I think it. it I think it's just like if you're going to do something, do it. You know, you don't necessarily have to do it the hardest way. But I just, I just think Traegers are they're not Traegers. They're pellet cookers in general. Um, the, it's kind of like the set it and forget it. If I wanted to cook that way, I'd cook in my oven. Excellent. Well said. All right. Last question. Hi, Mikey. This is Will from Singleton. I love listening to your podcasts. I noticed an increase in the number of Aussies being interviewed on your show. How do you feel about the rise of barbecue in Australia? Thank you. Well, Walt, I want to I tell you, I feel fantastic about it. I think you guys are doing some fantastic things. Just amazing. The, the barbecue that is coming out of Australia is it, 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 it's mind blowing. Amazing. It really is. Like, I don't know. It's so funny how many times I have this conversation. People are like, Oh, what do you think's next for barbecue or blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, people will ask me different questions about, about barbecue. And I'm, you know, like, where do you look for, you know, uh, where do you look for some, you know, inspiration and stuff like that. And nine times out of ten, I'm like, well, a lot of my a lot of my barbecue inspiration comes from Australia now. And they're like, what? 
And I'm like, yeah, you got to go check out what those dudes are doing over there. They're crazy. And it, it's just, it, it's amazing to me how, how you guys have taken this, you know, taken American barbecue and really just fell in love with it. And the cookers that are coming out of there, I mean, there's some beautiful pits that are being created in Australia. Um, it, 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 it's insane to me, just the, just the embrace that you guys have had for, for the culture and, and, and it, loving the community and not just, just having such a great time with it. So I, I am super happy that Australia has embraced it. And it, it's just so, it's, it's amazing and it's beautiful. This is Andy Groneman, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions. Okay, Mikey, we're almost at the end of this fantastic episode, but before I let you go, I have one last question. Can you share with us three pieces of advice for people looking to get into doing what you do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, three pieces of advice. One piece of advice. Don't overthink anything. Start creating. Um, I think there's too many people in the world that uh, they 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 overthink everything, and they're like, "Well, it's not quite right, so I can't put it out there yet." Put it out there. Let the market tell you if it's right or not. You know what I mean? The market will either either embrace it or they'll punch you in the face for it. Just just don't be don't be afraid of uh, of that. Um, piece of advice too: uh, be yourself. Don't don't let anybody. Uh, don't let anybody change the way that you look at barbecue or the way you feel. Don't hold yourself back. Don't ever, um, if somebody tells you, Oh, you're wrong. Uh, maybe, maybe they just think you're wrong. You're probably not wrong. Just keep going with it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not one of those things where, I mean, it's barbecue. If it tastes good, you're, you're on the right track. So, um, always, always kind of be yourself and, and have, have confidence in yourself. And then, uh, number three, you know, don't, don't be afraid of hard work. It, it, it's going to, it's going to take work and it's going to take time. And it's going to take money to do, you know, what, what we do. And it, it, don't be afraid of it. And if you don't believe in it enough, you know, where people are like, well, why do you invest this money? Cause I believe in it. And I, I, um, I believe that it'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like I, you got, you got to go, you got to go for it. So either, either step back or, or push as hard as you possibly can. So to me, it's push as hard as you possibly can always. Thank you, Mikey. That's fantastic advice. So it's, uh, it, it's now my great privilege to turn the confessional over to you. Um, please feel free to give whatever shout-outs you'd like and to tell people where they can track you down on the internet. Fantastic. Uh, you guys can check me out at Man Meat Barbecue on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, com is right. Uh, check out the podcast is available on Instagram or on, not on Instagram, on iTunes and Stitcher. If you're an Android user, um, you can always, you know, contact us via email through, through the Instagram or anything like that. I'll get back to you. Uh, shoot me a DM. I'm always willing to talk to anybody who wants to talk barbecue. 
if you would like to be on the show, message us. I want to talk to you. I don't care if you're just a backyard cooker and you just love cooking barbecue. Let's talk barbecue. It, to me, it doesn't matter. If, if you can give me an hour of your time and you're willing to talk barbecue to me, I would be honored to have you on our show. Well, mate, I've been a huge fan for about a year now, and it's been my absolute honor to have you on the show today and to talk to you about about pursuing your passion and how you're going about it. And I'm feeling really inspired right now, and I'm sure that everyone out there is too. So thanks so much for your time, your energy, and your generosity. And I really look forward to talking with you again soon. Sounds fantastic. I can't wait. There you have it, folks. Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue has just spent over an hour filling us in on how he's used podcasting and Instagram to build himself a barbecue business. What a great way to kick off this season. Please do subscribe to his podcast. He let me in on a few of his upcoming guests, and he's got some great episodes lined up for sure. Next episode, I'll be sitting down with Rob from Smokin' Hot and Saucy, a very successful and popular barbecue vendor and caterer from Newcastle in New South Wales. Rob is a grand champion winning barbecue competitor here in Australia and has competed internationally. Now he brings his amazing creations to the public and is going to walk us all through what it takes to get your catering business up off the ground. Big thanks and much gratitude go out to this episode's sponsors, Pure Meats Robina, Harvey's Kitchen and Jagged Wood-Fired Smoker Ovens. Their support makes this project possible. I've put their links in the episode description, so please click on through to their sites to learn more. If you have a message you'd like to get out to a barbecue mad audience, send me an email directly at ben at smokinghotconfessions.com. Shoutouts also have to go out to those who called in and left questions for Mikey, Anthony, Brett, Chris, Dion, Nigel, and Peyton. I love having an interactive audience and listener questions is one of my favorites. If you'd like more, I have published a free ebook just for you. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash ebooks to get your copy now. I've put a link in the description. Also, head on over to Facebook and join the Smoking Hot Confessions community and let's continue the conversation. It's a group dedicated to teaching, learning and sharing all about barbecue and all the BS is left at the door. Everybody has a place in the Smoking Hot Confessions community. Finally, however you're listening to this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a review. These will make the invisible robot overlords take notice and share this podcast with new listeners. Well, that's it from me for now. Until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.